Well, there's a new number two and a new team at the bottom of the Big 12 Power Rankings. Here we go. Welcome in. I'm Pete Mundo on HeartlandCollegeSports.com. We cover the Big 12 Conference. As always, we'd appreciate you if you hit that uh, subscribe button on YouTube, hit the thumbs up as well. And um, you know what? On top of that, if you are on the podcast and you want to bang that five star, do us a solid it helps us continue to grow this show. So uh, let's get right to the power rankings. I don't like wasting any time. You're in here. You're joining us live. Um, or, of course, you're on one of our radio affiliates, wherever you are. You're here. Let's get right to it. So we count these down from worst to first. A reminder on how the power rankings are done. Um, we do them based on who you played and what you've actually accomplished. Not based on who we think would win a game on a neutral site field. Not based on who would be favored in a game. We do it based on who have you played and who have you beaten. So at number 14, last place in the Big 12 Power Rankings this week, the Baylor Bears. Baylor has played two and a half good quarters of football this year against Utah. That's it. They got dominated by Texas 38-6. to on Saturday night in Waco, home crowd was out and about, and they just got obliterated. It was horrific to watch that game. Baylor does not look like a team that was just in a Big 12 championship game winning it less than two years ago. I, they, they looked horrible against LIU. They lost to Texas State, and now they got just manhandled by Texas. Now, Texas may manhandle a lot of people, but the body of work right now for the Baylor Bears is horrific. So Baylor comes in at number 14 in the power rankings this week. At number 13 in the power rankings, the Oklahoma State Cowboys. They stay at 13. Um, Oklahoma State finally picked the quarterback. Alan Bowman wasn't great, but he wasn't terrible. Um, he wasn't the reason they lost the game to Iowa State. If you told me that the Pokes would have scored 27, I would have thought they would have won. But other than Ollie Gordon, there's not a ton to love about what's happening in Stillwater right now. It could be a very long season. And I'm sitting here, I'm thinking to myself, where are the wins? I'm not seeing a lot on the schedule this year for Oklahoma State. By the way, an Oklahoma State team that I thought had a very favorable schedule coming into the year. And now you lose to an Iowa State team that was also near the bottom of our power rankings, and the Cowboys stay put at number 13 this week. At number 12, moving up two spots, the Houston Cougars. They were in the basement last week. They got a win against Sam Houston. They move up two places. Now, normally a win over Sam Houston doesn't have you moving up in the power rankings. This is more about what the teams below Houston have done or not done. And in this case, uh, you know, I can't put Houston below Oklahoma State, or below Baylor. So Houston ends up in that number 12 spot. They get to move up. You know what? I'm doing them a favor at this point. Congrats. Must feel good. They got a cover. It was a feel-good game. They needed that. But now it's back to big boy football this weekend for Houston getting back in the Big 12 play. So it might get ugly again quickly for the Cougars. But for now, I've got them at uh, number 12 in the power rankings. At number 11 in the Big 12 Power Rankings, Texas Tech down from number nine. Speaking of just, oh, brutal, uh, nothing about this is pretty for Texas Tech. 
losing at West Virginia. Now, I know West Virginia fans are going to take that the wrong way. But what this really is about is about a Texas Tech team that many of us thought could compete for a Big 12 championship this year. And now they're sitting there at 1-3 and three, with their only victory being Tarleton State. I Jeez, lose at Wyoming, lose to Oregon. Hard-fought game, but you lose it. By the way, some coaching mistakes in that one as well. And then you go on the road to open up Big 12 play in a game that you really need to feel good about the season again, and you put up a stinker. And then you lose your quarterback to boot. Now, I'm not sure they're any worse off. In fact, I think they're, based on what I've seen the last couple of weeks, possibly better off with Baron Morton, but wasn't off to a great start on Saturday. So Tech comes in at number 11 on the Big 12 power rankings this week. Next up in the power rankings, number 10, Cincinnati stays at 10. They were there last week. Um, they lose to Oklahoma. The defense should feel pretty good about its performance, but the offense didn't do itself any favors. The Bearcats had five total drives ending at the OU 28-yard line or closer and put up a total of six points on the board. I mean, that's horrific offense as you get closer to the red zone. You can't say it's a red zone offense. You're not technically inside the 20. But you get five drives down to your opponent's 28-yard line and you score six points in the game. I, that is back-to-the-drawing-board type stuff for Cincinnati on the offensive side. Number nine on the power rankings, Iowa State. All right, win's a win. It was Oklahoma State, but it's a win. Rocco Beck looked his best at quarterback. Jalen Knoll, breakout game for him, 146 receiving yards. Uh, pass defense appears to be ahead of the rush defense right now for Iowa State. But you know what? Let's see how this weekend plays out against OU. It's an OU team that has not done a good job by OU standards running the ball. That's the big question mark for the Sooners this year as of right now. But if they can lock down Dylan Gabriel and that passing offense, it becomes a potentially fairly interesting game. Just keeping an eye on it. That's all. So Iowa State uh, up from 12 to 9 this week. Number 8 in the power rankings, UCF. They fall from 6. Now, UCF is going to compete in a lot of Big 12 games. I just see UCF also losing quite a few games like they did on Saturday night, 44 to 31. Like I, I can see OU losing, excuse me, UCF. I can see UCF losing a lot of games by that kind of a score where the game results in 75 points, but UCF still falls by double digits. The offense, um, Timmy McLean, you know, I'm not saying he didn't take a step back when he came in, but the guy's a legit dual threat. Um, he's still, of course, working through some youthful mistakes, but you have a very good running game. You got a lot of talent at wide receiver. The issue is going to be who can UCF stop? You gave up seven yards of carry to K-State. That's going to be problematic going forward. So UCF at number eight after losing to K-State down from number six. Number seven in the Big 12 power rankings. West Virginia up from eight, inching them up those power rankings to number seven this week. They're three and one. You beat Texas Tech at home. That's a... Very solid way to start Big 12 play, especially when you got embarrassed in Lubbock last year. The defense, the defense, the defense, those are the storylines right now. you got to credit Neil Brown and the staff for leaning into that side of the ball. And how about this for the Mountaineers? They have committed the fewest penalties in the Big 12 through four games. That is because of the coaching staff. 
that is a team that is focused, that is not being sloppy, and that's something that uh, you got to be impressed by and happy with if you're a West Virginia fan. Stingy defense and smart football, something you have not seen a lot of, by the way, in recent years. Even under Dana Holgerson, that was a high-flying offense there towards the end. It wasn't as much about the defense. So that's got to feel good if you're West Virginia. I've got you guys at number seven this week. At number six, the BYU Cougars. They fall from the two spot. They go down to six, losing on the road at Kansas. That's a second straight road trip after Arkansas the week before. I, it's mixed on Keaton Slovis. You know, some of you are going to say he really just made two big mistakes in that game against Kansas. Okay, fine, that's true. But I'm still not convinced that he's the guy that's going to get this team to compete at the top of the Big 12 Conference. Um, So let's kind of see how this plays out for this team. The running game leaves even more to be desired right now. And defensively, BYU got cooked for six yards a carry. And that could be a sign of bad things to come in conference play. So I got BYU falling from two to six. At number five, TCU stays at number five. They were there last week. They roll SMU. They take the iron skillet once again. Uh, Good for them. You know, a a solid SMU program. It's not a joke of a group of five program by any stretch. They mostly dominated that game. And Imani Bailey uh, continues to prove that he has been thus far the best and most consistent running back in the Big 12. He leads the league in rushing yards per game over 120, and that's 15 more than anybody else in the conference. So TCU stays at number five this week in the Big 12. Number four in the Big 12 football power rankings for the week, Kansas State comes in at number four, up from number seven. Good win over UCF, dominant performance. DJ Giddens lit it up over 200 rushing yards and four touchdowns. Deuce Vaughn, by the way. Never did either of those things. Still got some issues there in that secondary. But in a wide-open Big 12, Kansas State has itself in a position to once again reach Arlington and compete for a Big 12 title. Now we get to our top three in the Big 12 football power rankings. And there's going to be a little controversy here as to who's two and who's three. So I'm going to spoil it. At number three in the power rankings this week, I have got the Oklahoma Sooners. They go on the road. They beat Cincinnati in a good win. This is not last year's Brent Venables team. Uh, This team is playing much better defense. Danny Stutzman has got to be the early favorite for Big 12 Defensive Player of the Year. Leads the Big 12 with 43 tackles on the season for an OU defense that has given up a league best 8.5 points per game. The biggest concern right now for OU is the running game. But I've got Kansas at number two in the power rankings. And here's why. Both teams are 4-0, but Kansas has a better resume thus far. I think BYU is a much better win than Cincinnati, based on what I had seen thus far. BYU is coming off a win against Arkansas, right? One of those mighty SEC teams that um, some of you in certain fan bases suddenly like to brag about. Oklahoma got a very good win. Cincinnati's not a bad team, but BYU is a better win. And OU had the weakest non-conference schedule of any Big 12 team for the most part. No Power 5 team on uh, the schedule until this weekend. And Cincinnati just joined the Power 5 two months ago. 
So just based on that, remember, how I do the power rankings is who you've actually played, not who I think would win a game. In a neutral site location, OU is a decent favorite against Kansas. I admit that, but that's not how I do power rankings. I don't think that's how they should be done. If it's just going to be about who I think is the best, regardless of what's actually happened on the field to that point in time, then I just become a preseason AP poll at that point. So I've got Kansas at number two, getting a good win. And by the way, dominating the trenches. What KU is doing in the trenches, my goodness, Lance Leipold, through recruiting, the transfer portal, everything else, he has completely rebuilt this KU team in the trenches. We thought the offensive line was going to be good. Defensive line continues to come a long way. I mean, they were all over BYU over the weekend. And if you're a KU fan, you have got to feel very good. You got the preseason Big 12 Offensive Player of the Year in Jalen Daniels. You got a defense to boot as well. Uh, things are looking up there in Lawrence. And then at number one, no reason to take him out of the top spot, the Texas Longhorns. You got the Alabama win. Okay, the Wyoming game was a little shaky. But, man, you want to talk about domination start to finish. That's exactly what Texas did against Baylor in Waco on Saturday night. That was, woo, boy. I think Baylor fans are still having nightmares about that game. Probably going to have them all week as well. I mean, that was, wow, next-level domination from uh, Texas against Baylor in every facet of that game. Texas has the best roster in the Big 12. And it looks like Steve Sarkeesian might have finally figured out a way to put it together, which nobody's done at Texas in a very long time. And if he does that in what I think is actually a pretty open year in college football, Texas could find itself playing some postseason football. And by postseason football, I don't mean, you know, the Texas Bowl or the Alamo Bowl. I mean real big boy football like the college football playoff. That's how it's looking right now for the Longhorns, calling it like it is. Pete Mundo, heartlandcollegesports.com. Those are the power rankings this week. Thanks for joining us, being a part of the show. If you're on YouTube, hit the thumbs up button. Hit the subscribe button as well. Great way to engage the show, be a part of it. Thank you for joining us here, as many of you do. Each night we do this show during the week. Um, on top of that, on the podcast, I think I wanted to get to 700 ratings by Halloween. Well, we've got 686 the last I checked. That means 14 of you. Hit the five-star rating if you would. And if you want to leave a review, I'm posting some of those reviews on the Instagram page, by the way. Follow us at Heartland College Sports on Instagram. And I'm posting some of the nice reviews that you guys are posting um, to our iTunes page. So I can just share with you and um, thank you for doing that. And then, of course, we'll get the free Heartland College Sports koozie in the mail when you send me a screenshot of your rating and review to Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, at heartlandcollegesports.com. So some other things to um, dive into here in the Big 12. Are you ready for Friday night football? Friday night lights. Think about the high school games, right? It's not going to be the case here. Next couple of Fridays in the Big 12, and something tells me this is going to be the way of the future, like it or not. I know we all have this you know, great thought of Friday night is for high school ball, Saturdays for college, and Sundays for the NFL. Well, that's been collapsing for a very long time, right? The NFL now plays on Sunday night. They now play two games on Monday night. They're trying that out to start the season. They play on Thursday night. I mean, they are playing as many nights as they possibly can. When the college season ends, they'll be playing on Saturday nights. So the NFL 
drop that. It's fallen by the wayside. Now, college is starting to play some more games. You got Maction, by the way, right, during the week. You have the occasional Thursday night game. During Labor Day weekend, you've got Sunday and Monday games. Well, now the Big 12 is venturing into a world of Friday games. And this weekend, you've got BYU-Cincinnati, two of the new teams. And by the way, not any Friday night. How about a 9.15 Central Time start? So make sure you have a cup of coffee at about 8.30 at night. When you fire up the uh, pot of coffee and your wife is like, what the heck are you doing? Or if, you know, other way around, your husband, if you're the sports fan of the family, what are you doing? It's 8.30. You're firing up the coffee. It's like, honey, BYU-Cincinnati's kicking off in 45 minutes. All right? Daddy needs a little spike here. Let's go. Got football to watch till 1 a.m., all right? So uh, that's coming this weekend. And then next week, you've got K-State, Oklahoma State on Friday night. Now, this is not to knock Cincinnati or BYU. I'm just getting used to you guys still, right? So I, I, don't, I don't know those fan bases and those states as well. But as someone who's lived in Oklahoma— Worked in, of course, Woodward, Oklahoma, K101, Z92, two great radio stations up there in Woodward. And uh, now I'm based in Kansas City. I live in Kansas. It's strange to me because of how much these people love their Friday night football. I mean, they plan their falls around it. And now you're putting them in this bind of, am I going to watch the kids at the high school play? Am I going to watch K-State, Oklahoma State? What do I do? You're messing up, by the way, radio broadcasts around the state. A lot of radio stations around the state will carry K-State games, but also do some Friday night football as well. So you're going to mess that up. I know these aren't things that, you know, ESPN, Fox, the Big 12 care about. I'm just pointing this out from the little guy's perspective, that there are impacts here where people are going to have to make decisions, and they don't want to have to choose between, do I root on my Wildcats or my Cowboys or do I go, you know, to the local high school game on a Friday night? What do I do? Now, you know, some of you are going to say you can do both, right? You go to the high school game, you pull out your phone, uh, you watch the game on your phone, or you listen on the radio, you know, with your earbuds in, whatever. I'm just saying it's going to take some adjustment, and I'm here to tell you it's not going away. The Big 12 is going to be playing Friday night games going forward, whether we like it or not. Because the Big 12... Brett Yormark, in conjunction with TV partners ESPN and Fox, realize that there's an opening on Friday night. The Kansas-Illinois game did a pretty darn big number a couple of weeks back. It was Kansas-Illinois football. But there's millions of people who are starved for some kind of decent football on a Friday night who are home looking for a game to watch. And football is still king in this country. And if the SEC and the Big Ten are not going to play on Friday nights... That leaves an opening for the Big 12. And you know that ESPN and Fox, who are desperately looking for more live sports, nobody's watching their garbage studio shows, they want games as often as they can. If they can feature K-State, Oklahoma State, versus letting it get buried on ESPNU on a Saturday, they want to make that play. That's in their best interest. I don't blame anybody involved here. It makes business sense. But it will be an adjustment for the fans. I know it will be for many of you. And I'm sympathetic to that because, by the way, I'm one of them. I love taking my daughter, my four-year-old, Claire. We love going to Friday Night Lights where we live here. 
in the Kansas City Metro. I mean, she she loves it. I love it. It's become a really fun thing that we've been doing for the last, gosh, three seasons now. She digs it. It's a great time to hang out and spend time together. Now, I can do it this week because BYU-Cincinnati is a 9-15 game long after her bedtime. We don't make it till the end of the game anyway. We leave around halftime. But um, when it comes to what's going on, you know, the next Friday, K-State-Oklahoma State, that's an earlier kickoff. So what am I going to do? What's the plan? That remains to be seen. I'm just here to tell you that it's going to change the way a lot of people go about their schedules based around football in the fall. And that's the way of the world, but we can still be disappointed by it. Um, elsewhere, Jerome Tang got himself a nice extension for Kansas State basketball. Of course, an electric first season for Jerome Tang in Manhattan. The guy was picked to finish last, <laughs> and he almost got himself to the Final Four. So Jerome Tang, by the way, having a heck of a week. The guy was banging the drum at the Chiefs game on Sunday, and then he gets a multi-million dollar extension through the end of the decade from Kansas State that gets announced on Monday. So Jerome Tang is living the good life right now, I'll tell you that much. Things are going well for Jerome Tang. And you know what? Can't blame the guy one bit. I think it's a great get for Kansas State. Um, I know we're only one season into this experiment, but if you can't root for and like a guy like Jerome Tang, I, y- y- you got to look in the mirror. I promise you that that is not a Jerome Tang issue. That is a you issue. If you can't root and I mean, I get it. If your team's playing Kansas State, you're not going to root for Jerome Tang. But I'm just (laughs) I am just going to note that that is a guy that is incredibly easy to root for um, as we look at where Big 12 basketball goes going forward. So there's a lot happening right now in this league, a lot happening right now across uh, the entire Big 12. And can you believe it? Week five is upon us. We've got a Friday night game. We've got a handful of games on Saturday as well. Now we're going to figure out what exactly this conference is. And here's my fear for the Big 12 right now. My fear for the Big 12 is that this is a year where everyone's kind of mediocre. It's like what the ACC has been, where it was Clemson for a lot of years and a bunch of like 7-5, and 6-6, six and 5-7 six, and seven teams. I want to be wrong. But I had somebody ask me today in the media, they said, well, so what do you think? Just kind of in passing in the Big 12. And I'm like, I, I don't feel good about the league right now. This season, the, 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 the future is going to be fine. But this season, right now, I don't feel great about this conference. I think we've got a lot of teams that are going to find themselves between 4-8 and eight and 8-4. Eight and four. And eight and four might be generous. We might find a lot of teams between five and seven and seven and five. And um, I'm not sure who's going to break out of that pack. My money right now would be on K State or KU or TCU to try to join. And and you know, I would say right now you've got a one A of Texas. If I were to just do this, remember not my power rankings, but just do this based on who I think the best team is. I'd say one A Texas, one um, B. OU, and then I'm like, okay, is it KU? Is it K-State? Is it TCU? I, I don't know. But I, I think we're going to have a lot of wild games, unpredictable finishes, and a lot of mediocrity across the conference this year. So we'll be following. We're going to shoot it to you straight here at Heartland College Sports. I'm Pete Mundo. Thanks for, so much for joining us, for being a part of the show. Hit that thumbs up on YouTube. We always appreciate you guys doing that. And subscribe to the channel. That way you never miss a show. 
And on the podcast, leave that five star. We need what, 15, 16 to get to 700 ratings for this show on iTunes. That would be enormous. And I think we can do it in the next five days before the month ends. You guys are the best. Thanks so much. Have a great rest of the day. We'll talk to you soon. Pete Mundo signing off at uh, heartlandcollegesports.com. Take care.